Hey, it's Andrew Morgan, host of the Nomcast, the Netflix original movie podcast. Each week, we review the biggest Netflix original movies with special guests from the film industry, the music industry, comedians, and of course, our fellow podcasters. Check us out on the web at nomcastpod.com. Follow us on the socials at nomcastpod. And most importantly, listen and subscribe to us wherever you get podcasts. Hit that beat one time. Hey there, I'm Mr. Black. And I'm Mr. Green. And we're a couple of guys who met in a comic book store. Together we host the Pint O' Comics podcast, where we invite listeners to join us to talk about movies, TV, comics, music, or just whatever. Starting very soon, we'll be joining up with the fine folks at Forgotten Entertainment, for a special limited series called On the QT, where we talk Tarantino. Every week for 10 weeks, a guest will join us to chat about every Quentin Tarantino movie from Reservoir Dogs to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So join us starting in May 2021. On the QT is available wherever you download your podcasts and is part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Ooh, that's a bingo. And welcome, Nerdy Knights of the Well-Rounded Table, to Bohemian Geek Studies, where we take extremely dorky dives into our favorite fandoms. I'm Colleen McMillan, Jedi Master and Rebel Scum Collaborator, and I've got my best car with me today. Ah. Maybe, not, maybe not a good choice, but we're going to go with it. Hopefully it'll keep the beer cool instead of uh, sizzling hot. All right. <laughs> I am Pirate Jedi, Anders Drew, but no matter what rank you carry, one thing will always remain constant. Much to learn, we still have. Ooh, we have a lot to learn today about Sabine and lots of things that she did and went horribly wrong. All right, this season on Bohemian Geek Studies, we're taking our detailed dorky dive into Star Wars Rebels. We're diving into season four, everyone. Mm, yes. Last season, full of drama, full of comedy, full of crying, mostly mine. We're fine right now. We're doing for episodes now. for now. For now, we're all right. We're doing episodes one and two today, which was a two-parter, The Heroes of Mandalore. All right, we have done our best to scramble our signal and we will be avoiding spoilers for the rest of Rebels, but there are spoilers out there for The Mandalorian, Clone Wars, anything yeah. that's not upcoming episodes of Rebels. And uh, we will definitely throw in an adult content warning for the younglings. <laughs> so without further ado, we're just gonna hop on board the ghost and head to Mandalore as we explore our holocrons of knowledge. Colleen, punch it with that first holocron. Here we go. Time for some drama slash trauma, but mostly trauma. We're heading into our first holocron, the Journal of the Wills, where we go over our plot and episode synopsis for this week. Part one opens with Sabine, Ezra, and Chopper about to attempt a prison raid to free Sabine's father. Yay! Hey. Kanan and Fenro have some questions, you know, about the reliability and convenience of the intelligence they received, but Sabine determines to move forward. Meanwhile, Ezra's complaining a lot. So many complaints that he hasn't had enough time to practice with his jetpack. He's not been trained in the Rising Phoenix. Did you wanted a jetpack, you got a jetpack. Oh, yeah, exactly. You've been whining about it forever, and you finally get it. It's like a kid with a skateboard just throws it under his bed. All right, Sabine signals for the attack, igniting the Darksaber <laughs> and calling her hidden comrades to the charge. Except for Chopper, who definitely yeah, stays behind and is like, <laughs> he takes that like look up and he's like, eh, I'm out. Yeah, he's like, good job, guys. <laughs> you guys do this. <laughs> Everything's great down here. I'm not, even though I can fly, I'm not going up there. Oh, Chop, we love you. The stormtroopers are overwhelmed and need reinforcements. Two ATDP walkers are brought in and the tide turns in favor of the Empire for a while. A trooper manages to stun Sabine, and Ezra is about to surrender when some new Mandalorians join the fight. Yes! <laughs> Gonna be eating a lot this episode. Bo-Katan and Clan Kreese is here. The rebels win the fight, but discover the prison is empty? Whoops. Bo-Katan sent, was sent by Ursa to warn the rebels of the trap, and soon Ursa herself will be arriving to tell them that the fa Sabine's father was rerouted to the capital. Whoopsies. Oh dear. That's not good. Yeah. In order to be executed publicly publicly <laughs> this is fine <laughs> seriously they're gonna execute this guy he's super popular i'm sure that there would have been some sort of happening if this actually went through before they leave sabine offers bo the dark saber 
as the rightful ruler of Mandalore, which kind of sort of tracks. Satine was her sister. She's one of the ladies. She is a lady, member of the High House. Bo-Katan refuses, however, saying she had her chance to lead and failed. Tough. Tough for her. Mm -hmm. She's being very tough on herself. Yes. So we cut to the the rebels are now lying in wait to ambush the convoy that's got Sabine's father. And they spring their trap. Sabine blinds the the middle transport with some paint, which Mm -hmm. signals to her captive father inside that this can only be her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The attack is, so far, it seems to be going well. It's appearing Mm -hmm. successful, but the trooper inside manages to get a distress signal out to Governor Saxon. This fucking guy. Mm. Who tells them that he has indeed sent reinforcements. Uh, The rescue, then, the rebels think that they've got it. Ulrich is, he's good, he's out. But while they're reporting back to Ursa and Tristan on their fighting site, Sabine's family reports that their battle... They're winning. Good. Good thing. But the Empire has sent in a new walker, and it's just one. And everyone's kind of confused. Why would the Empire send support to a battle that is, it's over? Mm -hmm. Sabine hears the signal of the machine through the comlink and freaks out and yells for them all to get out of there fast. The link is cut. When they arrive at the battlefield, there are heaps of burned Mandalorian armor, but no bodies. Sabine is just like distraught. She absolutely collapses. Ezra is horrified, yeah. rightfully so, but also kind of curious, like what could have possibly done this? Mm-hmm. And Ulrich says that it was a weapon, a weapon that Sabine designed. End of so, episode. So sad. Oh, that last shot of this episode is oof. Yeah. That's a doozy. Thanks, Dave Filoni. It's mm, interesting. All right. Part two opens where part one left off. Ezra tries to console Sabine, but she is despondent. Like she's just done. It was because of the work that she did designing this weapon at the Imperial Academy that so many, including her mother and brother, so she thinks, are dead. Turns out, thank the good Lord, I would have... Mm, I thought they were gone. I thought they were both I dead. was a little annoyed that this that this turned around so quickly. It did turn around really quickly, but then I could actually breathe, which was helpful. <laughs> like, it, this is nowhere near, this is not near the same level, but this is like, some, this is some Chewbacca level. Um, the turnaround. The turnaround time here. Like, really? Yes. I think it, it, they could have taken it farther, but once again, it's more like they focus on kids too. And so they're kind of thinking that in the back of their head. And they knew they didn't want to kill them. So they're like, look, we're rolling forward with season four. <laughs> We're just going to put it right out there. They could have waited to do this, though. Ursa and Tristan appear. They're not dead. Having been on the outer edge of the weapon's range, they were able to escape after Sabine's warning. The group can't rest long, however, because more Imperials, Imperials are incoming. Flying. They look really cool and they're flying, but it's like, mm, got to get out of here. They fly now. Yeah, they fly now? Bokatan's ship swoops in and gathers up the troops. A short chase ensues with Bokatan proving her statement that a Mandalorian with a jetpack is a weapon. But Ezra's Ezra. not a Jedi, and he doesn't want to be it. Or Ezra's not a Mandalorian, a Mandalorian. <laughs> and he doesn't want to be a Mandalorian. He's like, but I'm not, and I don't want to be. But he still jumps out because he's, yeah, he's a Jedi. Yeah, he's a Jedi. He can do it. At the Imperial base, Saxon contacts Thrawn, who is pleased with the weapon's results, but dismayed that its range is limited. In order to get it to optimal efficiency, they need Sabine Wren. Also interesting where Thrawn is like, do you really think that this is going to work, that this is going to subdue the Mandalorians? Which is very savvy of him, because it probably would not. You have to kill every last you one would have in to order kill for them. Which Thrawn probably knows. He's like, I've seen your art. This isn't going to work. And let's be real. Saxon would do it. Mm. He would do it. And then he would like recruit his own special people from from all over the galaxy and fill the yep. empty suits of armor. Yep. He'd be like, oh, these are foundlings now. <laughs> he's a fucking prick. All right. Yeah, he's More on him later. Back on the ship. Tristan is very mad at his sister saying, how could she possibly have done this? why didn't she destroy this weapon back when she had a chance? And her reply is actually that she did. did. 
Back when she was a cadet, right before she left the academy, she sabotaged her prototype and destroyed the plans for it. But somehow the Empire must have found a way to kind of reverse engineer it from what remained. Ezra, showing again his general ignorance, which don't blame the guy. He grew up in a... uh, He's a low Lothal's, Lothal's not really a backwater planet, but you know, he didn't really have a lot of hollow net access and he didn't really go to school. No. So he says, well, the West, the weapon targets Mandalorian armor, the best car. So why don't they just get rid of the armor? Mm-hmm. And all the Mandalorians on the ship just give him the stink eye. Yeah, they're like. Sabine has a response that that armor has a very long history and cultural significance. Her armor is hundreds of even thousands of years old. You know, she's reforged it to, yeah. to fit her, but the metal is old. Yeah. And like so five, this is just... 500 or something that she Yeah, says. it is not an option. Okay. Their, their culture is built into that armor. Mm-hmm. So they have to destroy the weapon, and they have to do it properly this time. Yes. yes. After they land at Bo-Katan's camp, um, Bo-Katan's troops are not exactly happy to see Sabine. Just like Tristan, they are blaming her for all of the losses that they suffered, which kind of, yeah, they have a point. Yeah. Uh, Bo-Katan, though, intervenes before they are able to lynch mob her, uh, saying that while Sabine designed the weapon, she has shown a determination to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. And as a designer, she is actually their best chance at doing so. Yes. So the plan gets hatched to board Saxon Star Destroyer and get rid of both the prototype that they have and the plans. Yep. Fenrau and Bo-Katan are having kind of a quiet conversation in the corner and admiring Sabine for her brilliance, her determination, and her leadership potential as she's leading these briefings. Yes. Great. Amazing. Fenrau and Bo-Katan, more screen time, please. All right. Next we have the attack is on. Yay. With Sabine and Bo-Katan, along with an unfortunate Mandalorian stormtrooper, are captured and tortured by Saxon into improving the weapon's range while Chopper gets into the ship's databanks and erases the designs. Good job, Chop. Sabine gives in, making modifications to the Duchess. <laughs> terrible, <laughs> terrible teenage decision here. Sabine. Named after the pacifist. Yeah, not great. Which she named after Bo-Katan's sister, Satine. No, bad. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> she does beg the power mad Saxon not to use it. Don't use the weapon. He doesn't listen. So he, he, doesn't. he triggers it himself. He's soon on his knees. As in truth, Sabine modified it not to have a longer range, but to target Imperial armor instead of Beskar. <laughs> Whoopsies. Sabine seems on the verge of cracking, like cranking up the juice to wipe them out. Like she's ready. She's ready to go. But Bo-Katan talks her down. She's like, no, this is not what we're here for. Not what we do. The group manages to escape, fully destroying the Duchess and completing the data wipe. Thank God. So we cut Very back. Tense. Yes, back to re-arriving at Bo-Katan's encampment. Sabine states that Bo-Katan has, in fact, she has definitely proven herself the true leader of Mandalore and once again offers up the Darksaber. This time, Bo takes it, much to the delight and cheers uh, and calls of support from all the surrounding clans and the protectors. Mm-hmm. They all get down on their knees and bow to her as yes. the ruler of Mandalore. Yay. So good. Ooh. So, so good. What an opening. Yes. All right. With that, Colleen, let's, uh, let's head right into our second holocron, The Will of the Force. This is where we explore the theme or themes from these episodes. Colleen, you want to start us with the episodes? Yes. So our episode themes, pretty much feeding into both of the episodes today, is coming to terms with your past. And boy, does Sabine ever. Mm. She's been running from this moment for so long. So, so long, even before the beginning of the series. We saw during Trials of the Darksaber how much her past tormented her. While she faced down her family, now she's facing down all of Mandalorian history and culture to prove herself worthy of forgiveness. And she is, but it's like, it's going to take a lot. Mm-hmm. For Mandalore to forgive her. She has the opportunity to become all that the Empire is, but thankfully her emotional ties with her friends and family kind of keep her from crossing that bridge. She actually is an emotional empathic person that is not going to use this as a weapon to kill everyone once she realizes that's what's going to happen. 
All the same time, Bo-Katan is facing her past failure as Mandalore's ruler and becoming willing to find herself worthy of the dark saber when Sabine offers it to her a second time. Mm-hmm. So good. So, so good. Yeah. Here for it. Girls helping out girls. Get it. <laughs> Cache girl boss. <laughs> and then, Anders, how uh, about the series theme? <laughs> yeah, we're heading into our series theme. You know, getting a little bit away from our family you choose. I think that's that is kind of well covered in this episode. But really, this one is also about the leaders you choose. These episodes are really about the Darksaber and who has the right to wield it and who has the right to rule. Mm-hmm. Whether a leader can inspire their people. Mm-hmm. Sabine proves her own maturity in giving up the saber to Bo-Katan, yes. someone who can unite the clans and who has led before. She's a more practical choice. Yeah. Bo-Katan doesn't think she's right for the role, yet she accepts the responsibility because obviously you can't be a leader. You can't be a successful leader if you want it. You have to yeah. be a reluctant, <laughs> you have to be a reluctant hero. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> She accepts that responsibility and she gets cheered on by the various clans. Mm -hmm. And then we also get into a major Star Wars theme, hope versus fear. Mm -hmm. Star Wars has always been about good versus evil embodied by the concepts of hope and fear. Mm -hmm. Palpatine rules the empire through fear, just as Tiber Saxon chooses and tries to do in these episodes. The rebellion in Bo-Katan embody hope for the galaxy and for Mandalore. Yes, I love that theme. I always love the theme of hope. Mm. And the villains always think it's stupid, which is like, that's why you're going to lose because you think hope is stupid. Yes. Love is not weakness. Love is strength. Exactly. Ha ha. Take that, Palpatine. <laughs> <laughs> didn't see take love that coming, down the reactor you? core again. <laughs> Yay. Love conquers everything. Even Palpatine. A <laughs> couple of times. All right. Next, uh, moving into our third holocron, though, this is where we explore the galaxy's populace, where we take a look at the characters and relationships featured in these episodes. And I mean, these are Sabine's episodes. Yeah. Now it's all about Sabine. So is it just me or when she is up in that control room with Bo-Katan and Saxon, her like undersuit, I mean, it's, it's dark, always has been. But it seemed like it's even darker than usual. Like they were the lighting on that to me, it seems like it was much darker, kind of like trying to allude to Luke and Return of the Jedi, because this is where she has her kind of like dark side moment. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Very much so. She defeats it though. Good job. She does, just like Luke does. And oh, we get Sabine's theme again, her music. God, it's so sad. it's so sad, but it fits so well with her character in these episodes, how she's mm-hmm. dealing with her guilt internally and trying to get everyone else to see how much she, how far she's come. Yes. Which again, just kind of like reflects back. She's really trying to get, see her, prove to herself how far she's come. Yes. Uh, we also get, it's not really front and center in these episodes, but we do get a lot of great small moments with Sabine and Ezra. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ezra has that hilarious moment with uh, with Ulrich. <laughs> He's like, I'm not so with her, funny. with her. It's not like yeah, that. But no, no, God. Stuff. But <laughs> the bond between these two, even if they don't get a lot of screen time to show it, when it's on there, it's starting to really, really shine. Ezra trusts mm-hmm. Sabine so much to lead their mission. Yep. They share some incredible, like, just back and forth looks. The episode closes on them yes. kind of having, like, a little side-eye grin with each other. And it's incredible yes. what they're able to convey so without words. But when they have words, their banter is just top-notch, always. Yeah. It's fantastic. <laughs> Those two together are unstoppable. They're so good. It's so funny. Sabine getting on him about being able to handle the jetpack is just great. <laughs> I love it. So good. And then obviously we also highlight her relationship with her father. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's much less fraught than the relationship with her mother. Probably yeah. because her, fa- her father's more of like a celebrity rather than like a leader. Yeah. Kind of. um, he's much more lighthearted, especially for a Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. And he is a famous artist. Mm-hmm. He now, he also knows not to fuck with Ursa Wren, but... Yes, definitely. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, no, your, her, your mother is very creative in defeating her enemies. I'm like, yeah, can see your boner from here. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Ugh, love it. That best car in your pocket, or are you just... Uh... Right. <laughs> <laughs> he needs to mean they get along really well. Um, although he is troubled by her invention, he still has faith in her. He hasn't yes. lost hope. 
no he's like you're still my daughter like I'll still stick by you which is amazing I love it next we are going to go into Elric a little bit he's so great I wish we got more of Sabine's dad like just forever just make an Ursa and freaking Elric series (laughs) would be great I love this quote from Ezra. He says, and here I thought we were rescuing another warrior. And Sabine's like, uh, fuck you. My dad fights with his art. (laughs) Yeah, so good. You can tell how much Sabine like admires her father, knowing that you don't have to be a deadly warrior to fight back against like injustice. It's great. He's warm and nurturing. So different from his wife. It's like, (laughs) we just love him instantly. He's so great. Um, Ezra, Ezra. Mm, Yeah, we can talk more about him later. Ulrich didn't really consider himself to be the artistic parent, though, which is pretty funny, considering that he's the artist. Yes. (laughs) But he does recognize the evolution of Sabine's personal artistic aesthetic, complimenting her improved use of line and color, but also acknowledging the influence of the pre-exile masters. And Sabine's like, yeah, but Tonjan was like a a reference, but mine's different. But I made it my own. Yeah, it's my oh, come on dad geez finally someone though who can talk to sabine about her art i'm like it's <laughs> like i always liked your art yeah but you didn't know what you were liking about yeah. it you don't know why yeah you don't know why it's good freaking flashback to lando time and then this is really fun i really like this actor his voice actor is carrie hiroyuki tagawa so great he voices balco in the Star Wars vision short, The Village Bride. This guy is a veritable, like, that guy in Mm -hmm. movies, TV. He's an avid voice actor. You might recognize him from the original Mortal Kombat movie. Yes, 2001's Planet of the Apes. Or Anders' personal favorite, 1996's The Phantom. Yes, comic book movies in the mid-90s were awesome. (laughs) Go Billy Zane! Catherine Zeta-Jones. Yeah, that's some those are some good movies. I liked that movie. More recently, he's been a regular on Amazon's The Man in the High Castle and Netflix's Lost in Space. Both of he's which great. also fantastic. Yes, both of them are amazing. Well, Lost in, Spa- well, Lost in Space is good. I won't call it it's fantastic. Good. Man in the High yeah, Castle, though, is really good. Yes, that is one of the better series that they've ever done. Mm-hmm. Next up, we have Tyver Saxon. What an asshole. Mm. <laughs> You guys thought Gar Saxon was bad? He's Gar Saxon's <sighs> brother, and he took over after Ursa Wren killed, Zar- killed Gar back in season three. Still a good choice on her part. Yes. Uh, guys, this guy fucking sucks. He is sucks. willing to just wipe out his own people, torture them to death, using a weapon that uses mm-hmm. their cultural heritage against them. Not really against him, though, because he has now officially abandoned his best Gar, if he ever yeah. really had it. And is wearing full-on Imperial stuff. Mm-hmm. He thinks that questioning his lo- unquestioning loyalty will stop mm. the Empire from using the weapon against them, which is just dumb. I, I can't believe he actually thinks that. Like, yeah, some, no. Mm, he, no. Especially because he's the one who's willing to use it against them. Yeah, exactly. They're using you to use it against your people. Yeah, They won't have to. He is voiced by Tobias Menzies, another mm-hmm. another alum from Rome. I still have to mm-hmm. I still have to finish season two of Rome. I never actually finished I it. I got like two or three episodes in. Uh, Menzies is a mainstay in British dramas. He appears mm-hmm. on Game of Thrones, hilariously. Uh, Outlander, The Crown. He's yeah. also in the. He's also in at least one Underworld movie. I think. He's in so many movies. He pops yeah. up all over the. He pops damn up place. everywhere. Mm-hmm but he's good all right next we got my main girl Bo-Katan Kreese I love her so much this is Duchess Satine Kreese's sister Bo was a member of Death Watch and the leader of the Night Owls which was an elite group within Death Watch she's basically Previsla's right-hand person she's a fearsome warrior but she was often a villain in the Clone Wars in the beginning until Maul took over Mandalore and killed both Previsla and her sister she joined forces with the Republic to push Maul out of power, which they did successfully with Ahsoka's help. Unfortunately, unfortunately, mm, <laughs> the end the end of the Clone Wars meant the rise of the Empire. The Empire ruled Mandalore after the Clone Wars ended, but we're not really sure how or when Bo-Katan was deposed and the Saxons were put in power. We just know that that's what happened. She was put in place as regent after Maul was captured by Ahsoka Tano. Being the logical next in line to rule, because her sister was Satine, 
but she wouldn't follow imperial orders and was overthrown. Whoopsies. It's cool to see her so reluctant to take the Darksaber just because so many Mandalorians are like, I want it. I want it now. That means I can roll. She's just like so adamant about finding it in the Mandalorian. We really need to see what happens there. Her attempted coup during the rebellion ended sadly as well. Mm -hmm. Like what comes after this in Rebels is not good, which we know from the Mandalorian. The Empire deemed Mandalore a nuisance and initiated the Great Purge, killing most of Mandalorians in the galaxy. Yep. Mm. It, it's terrible, but I do. I, I want I want to know more. <laughs> I definitely want to know more. I want to know if they're going to go to Mandalore in season three. That would be yeah. amazing. That would be really cool. I'm here for it. And moving now into our fourth holocron, binding the galaxy together. This is where we go over the homages, Easter eggs, connections, callbacks uh, throughout today's episode. Not mm-hmm. quite as many like direct Easter eggs in these episodes, but there's a lot of callbacks, a lot of outside connections. And mm-hmm. this plot line really concludes Sabine's major arc throughout the entire Rebel series, starting all the way back to when she's talking in season one about leaving the Imperial Academy because she asked too many questions and you know, yeah. building up to all the family Mandalore stuff that we saw in season three. And now finally culminating here where she's kind of like, she's like completed her mission. to reconcile herself with her Mandalorian past and her family. Yes, so good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's fine. Okay, next we have Ezra Jetpack. (laughs) Calling back to the season three finale when Ezra bemoaned his lack of a jetpack. Now he was the one, he's lamenting it a little bit. He's like, I don't have any practice. There's just no pleasing some people. Like he gets what he wants and yet he whines about it. Yes. Come on, Ezra. (laughs) Teenage boy, it happens. We were all like that. <laughs> we were all jerks when we were teenagers. If you think you weren't, you don't really know what you went. Ask your yeah. parents. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Next up, we have Clan Craze. We already just kind of covered this when we talked about Bo-Katan, uh, but we also have, she's just such now a central pivotal figure, just kind of highlighting she connects back to the Clone Wars and mm-hmm. also um, everything that happens here with the Darksaber has major implications for Mandalorian at the end of season two and into season three, hopefully. Yeah, pretty sure this entirety of season three is going to be about the struggle for who actually gets to rule Mandalore and the Darksaber and Din Djarin being like, I don't want it. (laughs) Which I'm also ready for. You know, they really could. They absolutely could pull off. I mean, they're all kind of like former Death Watch people. So if he's like, I don't want it, I don't want it, they could just stab him in the back and say, for the watch. Oh my God. <laughs> they could. <laughs> I don't think Bo-Katan would do that. I think her followers sure might. <laughs> yeah, maybe. That's the only way to get it from him. Ben Rao might. Oh yeah, Ben Rao is totally ready to stab a bitch for Bo-Katan. <laughs> He will kill you. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. Okay, moving on. <laughs> the quote, fear will compel them to join the empire. Will it though? This is a connection to quote, fear will keep the local systems in line. Fear of this battle station. <laughs> it's from Tarkin in A New Hope. Great callback. Both very like slim, vulturey looking dudes mm-hmm. making these comments. Love it. Yes. Next up, we have Beskar. This is the unbeatable armor made by Mandalorians. The armor can withstand lightsaber strikes and a lot of blaster bolts. Uh, and it, it gets passed down in families. It, it is in there for generations. It gets, obviously, center stage in the Mandalorian TV show, which highlights the reverence the remaining Mandalorians have for the metal. I believe it's, my, is it mine from one of Mandalore's moons? Yes. Is the I main source? So. There's a couple places you can find it, but not anymore i mean yeah it's basically gone and that's where we actually get the name for it in rebels they just say mandalorian armor they don't say beskar of course right. <laughs> next we have the duchess oh my god <laughs> i remember when i first watched this episode i was like you did not seriously just call it the duchess in front of bo-katan Greece. <laughs> oh satine we have tears always so many tears for Duchess Satine. Are those Obi-Wan's tears? Like raining over from Tatooine? It's like, <laughs> C 
seriously terrible choice sabine even mm-hmm. for a teenage idiot real bad next up a couple of callbacks that i'm choosing to believe are there absolutely deliberately um so the way the weapon works to me definitely looks like it's been inspired by another work of george lucas that would be raiders of the lost ark at the end mm-hmm. <laughs> the ark absolutely destroys all the nazis Yay! Uh, and similarly <laughs> we get the tank chase uh when they're trying to free Ulrich. to me it really seems to be some some reference to uh, the tank chase, including the tank going over the cliff in the end uh, from The Last Crusade. Yes, I love it. (laughs) Uh, There was no, there there was no waterfall, so we couldn't throw a Temple of Doom in there, so. It's all right. We can get by, I suppose. Yeah, no snow. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing Temple of Doomy really in this one. No, and it wouldn't make sense for Ezra to be like, we're crashing. I did like how he climbed the the tanks. It's very yeah. much like how Ahsoka does her kind of controlled falls at the end of Clone Wars, mm-hmm. except he's trying to go up. She's trying just to get down to the ground. Yeah. All right. Last but not least, we have the clans who pledge their allegiance to Bo-Katan are clans of Vizsla, Kree's Rook, and Alder. But then Fenral, of course, pledges the protectors to her, of course, which would be a clear signal to the rest of Mandalore that she is the rightful ruler because the protectors are the bodyguards of the ruler of Mandalore. A fun note, Houses Vizsla and Kreese are usually opponents. Like, this is Stark and Lannister stuff. They are finally joined here by Bo-Katan. Super cool. Get it, girl. Aye. Hashtag girl boss. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, before we move into our next holocron, like, take a quick break to hear from our affiliate partner, Fiverr. Do you need a freelancer to help you with your website, you know, designer, maybe you need someone to help you write expert articles and blogs, or maybe you need a presentation designer to help you with a big work project? Look no further than the number one freelance marketplace, Fiverr. You can find designers, programmers, and more within seconds, some for as low as just $5 a gig. Fiverr is the ideal tool to help you with pressing projects. Just post your gig or search for freelancers and you're off. Don't deal with the hassle of finding freelancers by yourself. Let Fiverr help you. See the link in our show notes to get started. Note, Bohemian Geek Studies is an affiliate partner of Fiverr. We may receive commissions on purchases and services you buy after you click the link. These commissions help support the growth of BGS, and we appreciate your continued support. All right, everybody, we're moving into our next holocron, the fifth holocron, newbie from Naboo. Mm-mm-mm. This it's is close, close here. Yay. <laughs> She's wearing the perfect shirt today, guys. If you're watching on YouTube, she has got her Mando shirt on and looks fantastic. Thank you. So this is Flo's first time seeing season four opener. Amazing. I believe we're on season sure four with you, Flo. Got a lot. So with all of this excitement, we have tasked Flo with watching the episodes, giving us her questions and her takes. So without further ado, let's see what our ambassador for Naboo thought about our season four opener. Okay, so first I have to preface this with the fact that I watched these at school today. (laughs) (laughs) Do any of your parents uh, listen to these? (laughs) My kids were a PE in Spanish, so they were not in the room. Although I do have like a really big Star Wars fan in my class this year who's like pretty into Rebels. So he would have been like, yeah, let's watch together. (laughs) Good kid. So my notes are on a different notebook and there's not as many. I know, but I still did double color code them. So we're we're fine. Everything's fine. Don't worry. I was concerned. (laughs) It's just like, I couldn't write as much because I was also eating my lunch at the same time. So it was like lunch, notes, Rebels. There was just a lot going on. Yes. Okay. Teachers, they do it all. (laughs) I know. Honestly, I'm exhausted, but we can talk about that another time. We can have like a teacher podcast. I'm another, so tired. Another I really am tired. It's been, it's, there's a lot going on. Anyways, uh, you know who else is probably tired? The Mandalorians. They are yeah. going through a shit ton of shit. Yeah. So we kick things off with Heroes of Mandalore part one. Two-part season season opener. Um, Rebels loves to do that. They love the two-parters. It's that's yeah. their mm-hmm. jam. Yeah, which like they do fine. it well. They really do. Honestly, mm-hmm. it's impressive. Okay, so we open it up to Ezra and Sabine, who I'm not gonna lie, I was not expecting to see, because we left Sabine and she was like, "I'm going back to my family," mm-hmm. which obviously she did. I just didn't realize she'd be going 
like back with Ezra and with the whole crew. So that was so awesome. So there's this big thread throughout both episodes that Ezra like cannot operate a jetpack to save his life. That's not and been trained in the Rising Phoenix. It is hilarious. He's just like flopping everywhere. It was very, very funny. And then Sabine's like, aren't you a Jedi? Like just figure it out. And he's like, okay, I don't know. I would like to take this opportunity to point out, though, that we all called it, like, stupid when Jar Jar was failing everywhere and still managed to come out on top in a battle. <laughs> and yet Ezra does Thank it. You. And we're, Ezra very, does it. Very, and we're all uh, like, oh, this is funny. <laughs> very good point. I mean, it is funny. Very good point. <laughs> it is. As it a Jar Jar, Jar Jar apologist, I, I like Jar I Jar. <laughs> He's all right. He's Ezra's just such a smart ass that this is funny. <laughs> This is true. It's supposed to be so good. Yeah, I think to me it's like extra funny because it's obvious that he's trying to impress Sabine in so many ways. And so he's just like flopping around like a dead fish in the sky. It's pretty good. We see Sabine wielding the Darksaber. And to be honest, I had completely forgotten about the Darksaber. That's <laughs> <laughs> fair. It just pops in when it's needed. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, because last time we saw Sabine, I don't think she was wielding it, right? Probably not. Yeah, I don't think so. Because she, she was just like blasting. She yeah, she was blasting. It, but she did a lot of blasting. She was blasting on the on that interdictor, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I like completely forgot that she had it. And it was great. It was so dramatic the way she just like had it and like whipped it out. Ugh, it was just lovely. Mm-hmm. And then we see Bo Katan. Here she comes. And I was yeah. just like, this is fabulous. Like, first of all, I love seeing all of the Mandalorians just like flying in. I just think it was really cool. And it's not something that we see that often in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And so it was just like fun to see people in the sky. Like that was just super fun. Mm-hmm. And she's a badass. And that was awesome. Yes. And obviously, like I had known a little bit about Bo-Katan from you guys. Mm-hmm. Oh, also, I didn't realize that her first name was Bo-Katan. <laughs> like Bo-Katan Crease. <laughs> Bo-Katan Crease. So thank you captions for that. <laughs> With a hyphen. <laughs> the hyphen. I love it. I love it. As somebody who almost had a hyphenated name, I am well, I'm happy I didn't get a hyphenated name. So she comes and Sabine tries Wait, to Wait, are you Flocaton now? I am Flocaton, yeah. <laughs> thank you. It's perfect. Thank it you. That's wonderful. For, thank Come you. Here. Come here for that. You're so smart. <laughs> Raven Claude. <laughs> so Sabine tries to hand Bokatan the Darksaber. And Bokatan is like, I had my chance. I like let my people down. I couldn't do it. Um, and obviously, like, I knew a little bit of backstory from you guys. Um, just in terms of like Duchess Satine and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I knew that like she had it and then lost it right maul took it is that what happened she had the she had control of mandalore but she didn't have the dark yes yeah, she she got the because um maul had it and he got it from pre Vizsla. so right. then he still had it it kind of got lost when okay. maul was deposed so Bo was the first time without it <laughs> yeah, she was leading time. without it okay yeah got it okay that makes more sense so, okay, so then the episode goes on. We find out they're trying to save... I, this episode went by really fast for me. Yeah, it does. If I was it, eating at, it absolutely like, does. Whatever. But it was like, there was just a lot being thrown at me. And so all of a sudden, they're trying to save Sabine's dad, who's mm-hmm. in the clutches of the Empire. And we find out he is not where they thought he was. They're moving him mm-hmm. for public termination. And I was just like, this is Ned Stark shit. Like, he's going to go ahead and get beheaded in front of his kid. Yeah. And it's going to be really, really bad. Yeah, that would have been terrible. I would have hated that. Okay. Then. (laughs) Sorry. Then Kanan and Hera have a call. Yeah, Yeah, they do. Kanan calls home and... It is the cutest thing I've ever seen in all of Star Wars. It's really cute. Kanan being He's... like an an asset, is that what we are? It's just like, kill me, Kanan. I'm like, dead. We're on a so work like, call. 
She's like, they're <laughs> monitoring this bitch. Calm down. Mm-hmm. Okay. So is the, I'm still confused. Are they together together? Because this talk made it seem like Kanan's like, we're definitely together. And Hera's like, shut up. They're together, but they're not like out officially with anyone. Harris got Harris got some commitment issues, I think. Okay, mm-hmm. that's kind of what it seemed like. Yeah, like if Kanan had his way, like they would be in the same cabin or whatnot. But Harris still got a lot of focus on the mission, mm-hmm. and she's like, I, she's like duty bound to let that be her her primary focus. Yeah, she can't split her attention like Kanan apparently can. I mean. Kanan is like attention with me whenever he wants (laughs) right come on Hera what the hell I I don't know what she's thinking honestly yeah they're together but she still is like I don't want to tell people though even though fucking everyone knows like like it's pretty obvious I mean they call each other love like they're gonna notice anyways yeah I just thought that was like the flirtiest cutest call I've ever seen in my whole life it was just I I was just dead oh my god (laughs) it was just it was so good Okay, so Gar Saxon comes in, right, with the stormtroopers. Tiber Saxon. Tiber Saxon. Oh, shut up. Remember oh, yeah, Gar, Gar Saxon got totally got murdered. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. took that bitch out. <laughs> this is his skinny, more evil brother. Okay, I was like, did he go on like an Atkins diet? But no, it was a different guy. Oh, my God. See, this is why I do this pod with you guys. <laughs> They both just look like blonde fascists. It's fine. You do. That's, that, that's what they are. Anyways, he looks like an asparagus. Mm-hmm. Um, so then the stormtroopers are like, put your weapon down or whatever. And Kanan's like, I've got a better idea. He was such a badass this entire time. Like mm-hmm. it was wild. Then they go and free Sabine's dad, right? So they they end up getting to him. Mm-hmm. And Ezra is the most awkward little cookie I've ever seen in my whole life. So the dad is like, are you with Sabine? And Ezra's like, yeah, I'm with her. I'm not with her. her. Like I'm with, I'm with her. Like we're friends. Everything's fine. That was so funny and just like so cute. And I just loved it. Loved it. Um, Then I honestly, I can't remember where this episode ended and where the second one began, but Sabine's dad like absolutely shitting on Sabine's art was so <laughs> funny yes and it's so relatable because like my parents always shit on whatever I do they're just like oh an a minus why is it not an a yeah ew gross right so I was just like this is very relatable content I'm so sorry Sabine mm-hmm. and it was hilarious it was very like highbrow artsy like shit. shit talking like it was fun to see sabine like standing on her own two feet and sounding like super smart while doing it <clears throat> again i think now at this point we're in part two ezra is getting slightly better with the jetpack at least at the beginning of the episode like he was flying straight with everybody so i was like oh look he's got it later in the episode he does not got it but at the beginning of this episode he got Not it okay so there was a part in this episode they're like fighting right they're trying to okay wait hold on we need to talk about something for that i didn't even talk about people being pulverized okay (laughs) no disintegration yeah okay so sabine created a weapon that makes people absolutely burn up in their best car armor yes that's a pretty tough look for sabine i'm not gonna lie very much yeah. so, but we it's, finally have our answer. Yes. yes, we have our answer. Um, okay, so they are going to go and wipe the plans from the Empire database, and they're going to go destroy it. Mm-hmm. They did have like a brief question of like, can it be turned against the Empire to attack the stormtroopers? We find out later it can. Sabine can do it. She was the first one to be like, we really shouldn't. That's not the plan. But in the heat of the moment, Sabine does. Anyways, we get to that later. Just before that, Fenrau and Bo-Katan, they, <laughs> they should have. Another one of my ships. Welcome they aboard. Definitely should have kissed. Okay. Yes. So Fenrau like pulls Bo-Katan aside and is like, 
you seem to be really impressed with Sabine, blah, blah, blah. And like, I swear to God, I thought they were going to fuck in that corner. Yeah. Like, it was sizzling. What the hell? Yes. Mm-hmm. It yeah. was so good. It Mandalorian. Was so, I'm shipping that Give us Fenrau for Mandalorian season three. Give it to us. Yes. We want it. <laughs> As played by Kevin McKidd? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's going to look great next to Katie Sackhoff. It'll be fine. I'm just saying, like, that was obvious. Like, it, it was great. Like, they've boned before, we know. But there's definitely a history there. <laughs> like, for sure. Okay. We find out that Sabine has named this, like, horrible, tiny, human barbecuer the Duchess. That was so tough. Especially, like, and honestly, Sabine did not look sorry enough. No. Like, Bogotan's like, you named this after my sister. And it was a series of bad decisions, okay? She's like, mistakes were made. (laughs) Like, what? Yeah. To be fair, they were in the middle of a firefight. Like, can we talk about this later? Yeah, but still, I feel like... Table for later. Sabine should have looked a little bit more sorry. Yeah. Like, it it was tough. Tough. So the Saxon guy, who I swear to God, I thought was Gar Saxon the entire time until you literally just reminded me that he's dead, um, is the worst, especially mm-hmm. when he's like absolutely tripping balls. Like he's definitely high on some, some shit when he just goes, I am the empire. Yeah. Like, You're a crazy person. Fucking lost it. Yeah. He, he has is lost it. Nuts. He <laughs> is nuts. Um, so that was scary. Also like, just scary to see how many people Palpatine has like roped into this and like mm-hmm. who's just absolute like lives and minds he has ruined. Yeah. Because we see so much of like obviously what he's caused in Anakin's life. But I don't know that we like see on such a personal level how much havoc he's caused in other people's like lives. Yeah. Yeah. On like and on like an individual basis. There. Yeah. So that was tough. Meanwhile, Kanan and Chopper are trying to wipe the files. <laughs> and Kanan, again, is just like sassing stormtroopers right and left. They're like, yes. don't move or whatever. And he's like, oh, I'm moving. I'm moving. And it was just like, you're so hot, Kanan. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> um, then I wrote, okay, never mind. Ezra is still very bad with a jetpack because he like <laughs> fell into a bunch of boxes or whatever. It was great. <laughs> so good. So good. Okay. So throughout these two episodes, we do see Tristan. Mm-hmm. We don't see as much of Tristan as I wish we were seeing. And he does have his helmet on for quite a bit of it, which is pretty unfortunate. But at some point, Tristan and Ezra come together. <laughs> and Tristan and Ezra, just like you can tell, they're both unconscious boys. <laughs> Yeah, well, they're definitely both teenage boys. But they're also like very uncomfortable with each other because I think Tristan is like, "That's my sister, bitch. Don't look at her." Mm-hmm. And Ezra's like, "Yeah, but <laughs> but she's hot though, bro." That's right. It felt very like I don't have a brother. I have a sister, but it feels very like some sort of cliche of like when the boyfriend comes home for dinner for the first time and the brother like has to kind of yeah like puff out his chest and be like, "Hey." If you oh, hurt yeah. my sister, I'm gonna break your face or whatever. You know, stupid shit. My brother that does I, that shit. Oh yeah. I'm a solid five, yeah. five or six years younger than my four and a half to five years younger than my sister. So that I was feel never like you can something. Still take people. Yeah, but not. I mean, now sure, but sure. So, anyways, that's how I feel about Tristan. It was just cute. I I really liked all the interpersonal stuff between the characters while in this huge, very important battle. I just mm-hmm. thought it was really nice and fun and special. As Sabine was quote unquote fixing the uh, the Duchess, mm-hmm. I was like, no, she's only tampering with it. Like, there's no way she's fixing this. That would just be really stupid. And then obviously she has. So that was pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. Um which was nice. I just kind of wish that I had been like left hanging a little bit longer. Like, mm-hmm. did she, didn't she? It was, it was pretty like immediate yeah. payoff, but she's so badass. Like 
a lot of my notes are just like Sabina's so badass. I just like love her. Her hair looks so good in this one. Yes, she looks great. The ombre is just like stunning. I just love it. Then we get a lot of like, so Bo-Katan and Sabine are talking and there's a lot of like, so Sabine wants to kill the Saxon guy. She wants to kill them all. Yeah. She's, she's going like full Daenerys mad queen on us. Yeah. And Bo-Katan is like, this is not the way. And I'm just like, oh, <laughs> this is the way. This is not the way. Not the way. <laughs> that, that was really good. I really liked it. It's not our way. Right. It's not our way. It's the coward's way or whatever she says. We've seen moments like this with Kanan and Ezra a lot. So it's nice for Sabine yeah. to get that kind of mentor mentee. It how we fight matters. Yes. That this is totally. not just a straight up Jedi teaching, that this yeah. is a overall. Yeah. Even oh. though they still blow up the Star Destroyer and those yeah, they still... troopers probably all die anyway. but Oh, definitely. <laughs> it's still like, you should not be like torturing people to death though. That's one thing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel like she lost sight of what she had originally said, which is we're not going to turn this against them. Mm-hmm. That's not our mission. So, I mean, blowing it up, while it had the same effect was the mission so it was yes. just like don't don't steer away from the mission yeah. just to torture people yeah, yeah. and then sabine gives up the dark saber mm-hmm. which yes. i was not like i understood that she didn't really want it she She's didn't so really young. want to rule i got all that so i didn't so really young. expect bo to accept it mm. so I was pretty surprised by that. And I thought that was cool. Um, I and really, I love, you know, you know how much I love seeing people kneel. Yeah. So, and they <laughs> kneel, they kneel real fast. Yeah, they did. Ben Rao, especially, bam, he was down. <laughs> I also, I really like how they, they set it up that it could have gone either way. Like they had the yes. moment earlier where she offered it and she refused it. So it would make sense to offer it again and her accept. Mm-hmm. But they also had Bo-Katan and in that conversation with Ben Rao where they talked, not bang in the corner admiring sabine as a leader so it would have been just it would have made just as much sense yeah self-contained in this episode for sabine to take it up herself mm-hmm. yeah i agree i think that's where i was like the most surprised in the episode was Bokatan mm-hmm. taking it um and i thought it was great and i'm excited to see like where they're going with the season because i have no idea what's happening so <laughs> yeah season is wild it's a wild ride but really i am is. here you guys know that I'm always here, like trying to get people to write me fan fiction. Write me some Fen Rao on his knees in front of Bo Katan. I'm here for it. <laughs> there has got to be some Fen Rao Bo Katan I mean, there has fanfic. To be. There has to be. Because with that chemistry, <laughs> especially with the whole like she's like the ruler of Mandalore, he's a protector. So oh, it's yeah. kind of like got that bodyguard thing going on. Like, oh my. <laughs> Just. Like, put it directly into my veins, people. I'm here for it. Overall, really, really strong start to the season. Um, The episode, like, the episodes slash the two-parter super gripped me. Um, Even though I was at school, I was like, wow, this is fascinating. Mm -hmm. Loving it. Um, Mm -hmm. I can't wait to see more. I'd say, like, out of 10, these were, like, nine and a half. It was really, really good. Yes. Yes. So strong. Like, Sabine's just whole arc here. Finally, we get to know why she left and it's like no shit that's why she left yeah. holy fuck yeah we most people would have left yes yeah mm-hmm. i'm very glad she did because then she got to have two families mm-hmm. she has her family that she chose and she has her bio fam who are pretty cool her dad is really awesome even if that is, is really fun a little overly critical of her art yeah he definitely is yeah but I she fights that... back which is great she does She's like yeah. yeah what are you talking about come on you must be going blind yeah. and i thought ursa like was kind of okay in these Mm-hmm. Her, she has like a little moment with Elric when they're on the I ship. I saw that. Like, oh, look, she's so soft. <laughs> I saw that for sure. I was like, ooh, how <laughs> so cute. Like, oh, so she cute. gets soft only for him yeah. because then she turns around and is like, don't fuck up my daughter. Eh, he doesn't yeah, get soft. Or I will fuck you up. Eh, yeah. <laughs> Come on, you keep that up. Oh no, he definitely would not. Ursa would not allow that. <laughs> That's not something that would be happening. 
Okay, well, our minds are in the gutters where they belong. Let's head More into our there. sixth holocron. <laughs> Speaking of gutters at the cantina, our conjecture at the cantina. This is where we ask our questions about the episode and explore some wider, wider Star Wars lore together. I'm going to start us out with what did Dave Filoni and crew have to say about these episodes? Well, like Flo said before, like why the fuck would Sabine make such a horrible weapon? Well, the story group was like, Sabine was a very typical, very uber competitive Mandalorian kid who got into the academy, would have wanted to be at the top of her class, would have taken like on any challenge that they put to her just so that she could win. She was like a hypothetical. She didn't think it was going to be real. It's like the scientists who like study something or they build something with noble intentions. They're like, I'm going to help save the world and end hunger. And then some fucking evil megalomaniac gets a hold of it. And it's like, we can use this for evil. Right. Yeah. Except in this case, like what what possible noble intention did this thing have in the first place? Zero. I think she was just trying to. This was a weapon from the start. This was a weapon from the start. Like no, I can be, empathize maybe... with her a little bit. I empathize yes. with her a little bit on like it's a problem to solve. Like, yes, it's like that. And that was her, like as a teen. Like she's what thirteen yeah. or fourteen when she's in the. And she was trying to be like a, a loyal imperial shit. cadet, sure. But yeah. she knew from the beginning that this is a weapon. It was going to be something. Unless there is no noble, the in, there is no noble intention behind this. No. <laughs> um, excuse me. You can make a very efficient Beskar microwave. Okay. But I wonder, like, what question they posed her. Did they say, like, create some sort of energy that can defeat armor? And she just started with Beskar because that's what she knew? Like, I, I kind of want to know. Oh, what, what... I assume that they were, like, I assume that they, like, posed it as, like, a how, like how, how would you defeat, you defeat Mandalorians? Yeah. And Sabine's like, hmm, that's an interesting query. Let me figure that out. Yeah, that mm-hmm. was my assumption that she, like, knew it was going to be used against mm-hmm. her people. And then she's like, oh, but... She didn't really think they'd use it. It was right, it's all which trick, but that's I the teenage absol- mindset. Yeah, too. that's the teenage mind. Like, I'm not taking issue with that. I'm just taking issue with the uh, with Filoni and them saying comparing it to someone who has noble intentions. Like, right. oh, oh, we're going no, that to. That was make- my. I added that part. Oh, that was you. Okay. <laughs> they put. Then her I as, take like, issue the, with the you, Colleen. Guess. Usually it's Flo, hey. but today it's you. <laughs> hey, I'm just saying it's a trope. <laughs> it's like those every single like evil contraption started out like the freaking hydrogen bomb started out as something else like uh I, I think it's more like jurassic park like what could go wrong yeah what what could possibly go wrong here mm, let's see i don't know because i haven't finished jurassic park yet what <laughs> you're breaking my heart this is like Whoa, daniel not what? watching jaws this is right. horrible. Are you i also serious? have not seen jaws yeah. <laughs> oh my god Sorry, slowly. I will remedy this soon. I'm slowly dying on the inside. It's fine. Just watch Jurassic Park. It's okay. okay. Um, Flo, I have a question for you. After okay. watching these episodes and knowing like what happens to Bo-Katan here and knowing what happens to her in The Mandalorian, mm-hmm. what do you want to see for her character in the next season of that show? Like, What do you want from Bo-Katan in The Mandalorian? Just from what you've seen. Okay. Because... She seems very uber, like, I want to be the ruler now in Mandalorian, whereas here she's very reluctant. Okay, so just to be clear, though, Mandalorian happens after after this, right? Long after. Ten years. Okay, Okay. Um, I mean, like, I want to see her rule, but I also, like, I don't know. I I want to see her fucked in. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she can't if well she could maybe she's just hey, she does whatever she wants Colleen <laughs> she's got Fen Rao just hanging on the background she's like and now here's Jen he's, well, he's gonna be our third and Fen Rao's like all right <laughs> yeah exactly why do you think I'm reading all these reverse hair of romances she doesn't have to pick she can have them all it's great <laughs> um, after it poke tan <laughs> I I'd like to see her kind of like restore the Mandalorians just like like as a people because we know there's not a lot left um and and I I would just like her to like help find Mandalorians who are dispersed throughout bring them back together maybe like get rid of the and I don't know if like the clan structure stays throughout but maybe like just getting rid of clans overall and just like uniting Mandalore so it'd be so cool because she like 
unites these four plus the yes. protectors disparate clans here like that's pretty good like i really want to see her succeed yeah mm. no i do too I, I like her a lot third time's um, the charm i know <laughs> i know well the empire really fucked shit up for her <laughs> yeah it really did the mandalore mm-hmm. really didn't stand a chance against the empire which is no very very sad all right, so this kind of leads right into one of my questions. I mean, we talked about this when Mandalorian season two ended. It's flow, especially now that you've seen this episode and kind of how it ends. How much of a problem is it really that she doesn't quote unquote win the dark saber here? Like, okay, that's, so now you I kind was, of understand what all of our confusion yeah. was when that happened. So I was thinking about this as the episode ended because the Mandalorian has told us that you have to win it in combat, right? Mm-hmm. And here it's literally just like handed to her by Sabine. Yeah. Um, but she does kind of like when she wins the right to use it, just not like by specifically winning it. Right. I just, maybe I wonder like if the rules have changed in between. Hmm. In Clone Wars, it's pretty more, it's more explicit that it's like the only reason they respect Maul is because he won it from previous Because he won it. Yeah. So this is like, this is really like the exception to the rule here. Yes. Well, Sabine kind of picked it up. That's why Ursa was like, you just picked it up. You didn't win it. Like, whatever, mom. She's like, I fought for it. it. God damn it. Yeah. She still fought. Like, fuck, come on. I mean... I do think it's kind of problematic. Like, if that's their tradition, then that's their tradition. Like, but also, I don't want to see her fight Sabine. No. No. So, exactly. I, I don't know. I it was confusing though, for sure. And even as somebody who like doesn't have that much background or like knowledge of the dark saber, it still felt like this does not go with what I know. Mm-hmm. And so that yeah. that just felt weird. It was just a disconnect. Yeah. That's why I felt so weird about it in the Mandalorian. I was like, uh, you've you've had it before. It should be fine. (laughs) Yeah. But there'll be a reason. They always, they'll come up with a reason for why. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Uh, Other questions I have. So we see the barren wasteland that is the exterior of Mandalore. Mm -hmm. Like in Clone Mm -hmm. Wars, we spent some time inside the dome cities. Those are actually pretty cool. Flow, you should go back and watch all the Mandalorian episodes of Clone Wars. Um, okay. Get the whole. I mean, you get the whole background on Duchess Satine and everything with Bo-Katan in the past. Her and Obi Wan flirting. Oh my! I've God. seen. I've seen some Satine episodes for sure. Yeah, but she's got really fucked up hair. <laughs> like I can't. She and Pad may have the same stylist. Yeah, um, they got some weird like hat shit going on with yeah. hair. <laughs> so, but my question is: Is there any actual hope for Mandalore to kind of regrow? Or is it done? Maybe if all the Mandalorians are gone. (laughs) They more or less are. I know. Did Mandalore get greener now that they're gone? I don't know. Um, Do they go back? Do they go? Yeah. Does do Bo-Katan and Din land and like there's some growth there and it's like a what is it? It's like an end game when Cap is like, I saw whales like swimming up the Hudson. (laughs) I. I have a. I know. I just Very don't strange. think that anything good can be happening in Mandalore, if like, no. if all of the Mandalorians are like dead in the Mandalorian, like there's no good has happened to their planet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it depends on That's how, how I badly damaged their world was. I mean, it's horrible. But if, the, if it's not like, oh, we salted everything, nothing's ever going to grow again. Or if it's more like, so there's no war, shit's going to start growing again. It really depends. Yeah. I mean, I think they can regrow their society. I would just hope that it wouldn't be rife with civil war like it has been. That's what their society is. They're very is. contentious people. They really the are. If it has, like... I don't want to be a Mandalorian. If it has regrown, like I would be an episode of the Mandalorian where we like go back to Mandalore and like there's all these animals like romping around and they're just like, oh, we can we can restart here mm-hmm. with like Bo-Katan and Din. Yeah. That'd be nice. It's like in Wally. They're gonna yeah, plant, plant exactly some pizza like- trees. <laughs> yes. Exactly okay. like that. 
Yes. All right. So my last question has to do with Sabine's weapon with the Duchess. This is just, I know that Sabine already designed the weapon, but to like reverse engineer it from her, her original prototype to like be testing it out here, it just seems, seems like a lot of R&D and a lot of resources to be used in something that can realistically only be used against one planet. <laughs> it can only be used against the Mandalorians. Right. Like, yes, we saw them turn on the Stormtrooper armor, but how many armies out there are using like uniform materials? Right. Like those are? Not a lot. I guess- <laughs> There's really if... not a lot. Like you are making this specifically to take out the Mandalorians and then it's gonna sit and collect dust. Right. Which I don't, I mean, obviously Palpy's fine throwing money around for two Death Stars. He's probably like, well, just right, let the Mandalorians then, so what kill each it, other. Because the the Empire also like takes all of their best car and uses it. <laughs> Once they're all dead, yeah. Yeah. They so do. what was? They just, I, it's a good question. I mean, my it bigger was, issue was like how easily that thing was programmed from her wrist. Just saying how ridiculous it is that Sabine could fix that thing with her Apple Watch. <laughs> it's wild, wild shit. It is. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, that is going to wrap us up here. <laughs> Tune in next time as we continue our coverage of Rebel Season Four, where we get to talk about the power dynamics and struggles within the Rebellion. Mm. until then follow us wherever you get your podcast leave us those five star reviews check out our website bohemiangeekstudies.com you can watch all of our episodes enjoy colleen's book corner where she reviews star wars literature and contact us through email and social media and as always guys just keep telling other nerdy nights to join us it really helps you can also head over to forgottenentertainment.com check out all the offerings in the forgotten entertainment family including yet another star wars podcast where we examine different facets of star wars canon and are just about to sink our teeth into the newly released star wars visions give me a ninth so, jedi series i'm so excited <laughs> you guys are nerds i'm ready <laughs> best car armor on and keep those episodes streaming bye everybody bye guys bye.